Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. Guys, let's start. I want to just read this, 13 through 17. You can, um, Josh doesn't even have it up there, but but let me just read it, okay? 13 through 17, um, it says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you're coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so for now. Thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him, verse 16. And when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. <clears throat> How you doing? No, 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 no. Listen, listen. I don't need you to answer just one, one second, but, but really, how are you doing? Like, like, really, what's your story deep down in the inner part of your being? And I'll tell you why. Whenever we're asked, hey, how you doing? We respond with our go-to answer. How you doing? I'm doing good. Or I'm okay. Or we answer, how are you doing? But today, I want us to look deep in our hearts and try to answer the question, how are you really doing? How are you really doing? Let me illustrate it this way. If I have your permission, I want to share with you a little of my testimony. You go, well, like what, Ben? Listen, looking back on my life, most of you would say, wow. Not because I'm handsome, good-looking, athletic, not any of that, okay? But, like, I came from a middle to lower-class family. And my mom died when I was 18 months old. I was basically raised by a single father and an older sister. My sister was six years older than me. She was the only female in my life. My mom has died. I mean, I have no clue what's going on, but, but this is me. And so I'm growing up in a single father home. I've got two older brothers. I've got a older sister. And right about when I was 12 years old, you know, that's that very impressionable age, okay, um, they diagnosed my sister with lung cancer. And when I turned 13, just a few days after I turned 13, she dies. She's 19. So what's left? Well, I have a dad who's been through the emotional ringer. You go, what do you mean? I have a dad who... who lost his wife, a single dad raising four kids, then losing his teenage daughter. 
At about this time, my two older brothers, whom I love deeply, are, they're older, they're off. They've left the house. Uh, I want to be very honest with you. About this point, guys, my life was very questionable. You, you, you understand that, right? Because you understand that growing up, I was around a lot of drugs. Oh, oh, not hard drugs. There, there were drugs. There was pot. There was alcohol. This is kind of the how I grew up. And I was left alone a lot. Think about a single dad who's just trying to get his head together. After one devastating loss, now you're done. I mean, I could not comprehend, and here I am left alone. And to be honest with you, I didn't have very many friends. I didn't have very many friends. So in order to fit in, I could have easily... Now, you understand, where I grew up, there were gangs. There were literal gangs where I grew up. And it was so easy to go, hey, I'll, I'll fit in with them. And, and, and so I was just like, man, this is... And, and, and if you were to look at my life, all the way back, you would have said, it's a miracle he would make it out alive. It's a miracle he doesn't end up in jail. It's a miracle he doesn't, he's not overdosed on drugs. It's a miracle. It would be a miracle. That's what you would say with my life. You see, at that point, at the tender age of 13, my life was being written. Okay? There was emotional turmoil. There was abandonment issues. Oh, that person's going to leave me. Oh, this is what people do. You get close to somebody and they, oh, oh, spiritually, I had no spiritual backbone. I didn't know what was, what was going on. I had no real deep spiritual life. And the odds of me just being okay were very slim. Very slim. Guys, and quite honestly, those in my neighborhood, ah, man, they often committed crimes. A lot of them were in jail. A lot of them, it, it was not good. It was not good. Guys, I grew up in this environment. So I started to think about my situation. Here I am, 13, tender age. My life is being rewritten. My life is written. What's going to happen? I hope you make it. I don't know. I don't know. So I went on the internet. I'm like, listen, I, I just need to see some things, okay? So I went on the internet and I just said, what, what are some of the outcomes of, of somebody who's just in a motherless home? Just a motherless where a mom's not involved. Okay, check this out. Here's what I found. This is the internet. It says, children that come from a motherless home have difficulties developing bonds with other adults besides their father. So, so right off the bat, it's like, oh, this is, this is me. I found this. There is an increased level of fear and anxiety that a person with children or that is present with children from a motherless home because they're scared that other adults will also leave. Leave. Hello. Right? There's, there's fear and insecurity. So what do you tend to do? Oh, hey, okay. Yeah, I'm not, not gonna, you know, hmm. Number three. There's a twofold grieving process for children in motherless homes because the lost relationship is missed 
And then any hope of reunion with the mother is then abandoned as well. Number four, children who come from a motherless home have a higher risk of isolation because they're uncomfortable around other children who speak about their mothers. Now, I got this for me. You, you understand. You know, and it wasn't like my mother said, well, I'm going to leave him. My mother went home to be with Jesus. I'm 18 months. But I looked at this and I thought, wow. 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 And the reason I tell you this story is because something incredible happened to me. You go, what happened? At the age of 17, I met Jesus. And he rewrote my story. You understand that. This were the facts. These were the circumstances. This is what happened. And Jesus stepped in. And he changed my story. He changed it. He rewrote it. He rewrote it, guys. You go, what do you mean? Well, I'm no longer a victim. I'm a victor in Christ. Okay, I'm no longer lost and confused. Come on, somebody. I'm found and I'm clear-headed. My emotions are healed because Jesus did that for me. You don't understand how many times I struggle. Oh, please, please, Lord, I just, I, I've got to fix it. And I couldn't fix it. Jesus had to rewrite that story. And here's my, listen, if Jesus can do that for me, my Jesus can do that for you. Although, if I'm honest, we still have a lot of issues. Right? We still do. But I love that he's working on me every day to be more whole than I ever was before. You go, Ben, what, what's all this about? If we tackle Matthew 3, 13 through 17, here's what we read. Jesus got baptized. And we sort of read over it and we go, he got baptized. Okay. I'm going to get baptized someday or I've been baptized. I mean, no, 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 no. Listen, listen, guys. Here's what we need to understand, guys. Jesus right here, listen, he's giving us a beautiful picture of who he is and what he came to do. And you say, well, how so? How so? Okay. Remember, the book of Matthew is written to Jewish people. Okay to portray Jesus as king. And the way Matthew writes is so incredible. How so? Well, if you recall, Matthew writes, and he has one goal in mind. What's that? He wants to specifically show how Jesus is the continuation and the fulfillment of all the biblical story of the God of Israel. And you go, well, how so? Well, first of all, he says, I want to remind you that Jesus is the Messiah, the Meshach from the line of David. Everybody goes, amen. They would understand that, the line of David. He also says that Jesus is Emmanuel, 
which is Hebrew, which means God is with us. You understand that Jesus is with us. And then number two, Matthew writes, Jesus is the new Moses in authority and teaching. And you're like, okay. But listen, listen. Here's where it gets good. Let me jog your memory. Let me jog your memory on that number two. Matthew's saying, Matthew's coming, he's going, this is the new Moses. If you're Jewish, Moses is a legend. He's your hero. He led your great, 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 great grandfather out of the wilderness. You guys understand that, right? He's a legend. He's a hero. And now Matthew goes, no, 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 listen, here's the deal. This is the new Moses. This is the new Moses. How? Because he says, like Moses, Jesus came out of Egypt. And he passed through the waters of baptism, entered into the wilderness for 40 days. Then Jesus goes up to the mountain to deliver his new teaching. Now, when we read this, oftentimes we go past it and say, oh, okay. Okay, he got baptized. Cool. That was, that's kind of cool. But we got to dig deeper. We got to dig deeper, guys. Okay? Here's what the Lord, here's what I want you to do. Pray silently right now and say, Lord, open up my heart. Open up my heart. Why? Because we talked about two weeks ago that Jesus came out of Egypt. Okay? Now listen. That phrase, that Old Testament phrase, out of Egypt, is used 186 times. And here's what it means. Out of the place of Egypt refers to God's people were hurting. Out of Egypt. God's... Today, God's people are hurting. God's people are hurting. Guys, Egypt was the, was the place where the ten plagues took place, and it represents an old way of doing things. Guys, when we see our story today, today, Jesus today is going to get baptized, but not for repentance of sin, okay, but for righteousness sake. And even more to show us right here that he began to rewrite Israel's history. Right here. He's began to rewrite Israel's story, okay? Now, think about... Think about it in the context, but then apply it to our lives. How so? Israel, guys, was in bondage in Egypt for a long time. Okay? Egypt is a type of the world, and they were in bondage. Okay? And so we know that. Moses comes in under the power of the Holy Spirit. Moses gets to leave, and then God calls him back to Egypt, and he leads the people. He leads two million people out of Egypt. And under the power of God, they are physically rescued from slavery. They come out. They're rejoicing. They have the spoils of Egypt. Let's dance. Let's go. They're excited. You understand that. But it's a physical rescue. It's physical. The problem is, without Jesus, I can take you out of Egypt, but I can't take Egypt out of you. That's the problem. The problem is Egypt is still in me. It's still... 
Lord, I want to be more like you. Here comes Egypt. Look, let's go dancing. Let's have fun. Let's party. All of this stuff, guys. And with the mighty hand of God, what does he do? Israel is set free. Yet, come on, stay with me, somebody. They still made a mess of everything along the way. Did they not complain? Just like us. Did they not make a mess? All of this right here. You see, right here, they were still under the old sacrificial system of atonement. Not to mention the emotional hardships and the spiritual hardships. Right here. And Jesus, guys, comes on the scene. And what does he do? More than just baptism, he begins to rewrite their story. He begins to read a story of redemption, a story of health emotionally and spiritually. Guys, think about this. Let me give you just a side note, okay? Next week, think about this. From today, next week, there's even a continuation of Jesus as he's led into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. And what he doesn't do is he doesn't point blame at Israel. What he does, guys, is he begins to heal their failures. It's so much. But let's take a look, guys, and let's see how Jesus actually does that. So you realize here, okay, Israel, just like Israel, They crossed through the Red Sea. That was a picture of baptism. They crossed through. But Jesus comes on the scene being the new Moses on authority and teaching. And he says, listen, there's something I want to show you. I need to rewrite your history. Because if you were to look at Israel's history, you would say, man, they blew it. They messed up. They're crazy. They, they fumbled the ball. They should have, they should have kicked or they should have run instead of punted. I mean, they just, they totally messed up. But we can relate because that's us. That's us. And so Jesus says, okay, it's time to do something. And that's where we pick it up, guys. Look at verse 13 with me. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John says, no, 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 no. He tries to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And you're coming to me? That's exactly right. Here's what you need to know. The word baptized is baptizo, and it means to be immersed. It it is literally a donkey. And here comes Jesus, and he goes, hey, I need to be baptized. And John's like, no way. There's no way. Why? Because remember, John's baptism wasn't a baptism of identification for so much, but as a baptism of repentance. And so he's going, there's no reason why the Meshach, the Messiah, the Savior, God's Son, would need to be baptized. There's no way. I need to be baptized. Guys, think about it. Jesus' fame had reached the ears of John. He knows who he is. Okay? John recognizes his need for repentance. And that word is not used in the pulpit a whole lot anymore. It's not. We're not, we don't talk about, we less like, hey, can't we just all get along? Can't we just, you know, sing kumbaya? No, no. Jesus says, you know, when he starts his ministry, he says, the same thing John says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Guys, he wants us to repent. He wants us to repent. And he says, no, 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 you don't understand. 
you're coming to me? You're coming to me? I need the one. I need you to be baptized by me. Notice what Jesus says. But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so for now. Thus it is fulfilling for us to fulfill all righteousness. That's okay, John. I got you. Listen, because something's happening here that I need you to learn. Something's happening that I need you to see. And so John says, okay. And when he baptized, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw a spirit of God descending. What is that word, guys? Like a dove and alighting upon him. Wow. Listen, first and foremost, once again, Jesus, okay, catch this, guys. Jesus was not baptized because he was a repentant sinner, okay? That's not why, okay? John goes, no, 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 Jesus, no, 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 I don't want to do this. He says, you need to baptize me. But the Lord knew his Father's will, okay? So the question you go is, Ben? Why was, why was Jesus baptized? That's a good question. You guys are smart. Jot this down if you're taking notes. First, his baptism gave approval to John's ministry. So he's telling the people, watch this, because what I do, you need to do. And so if it's a baptism to repentance, he's saying John has the right idea. We need to repent. The path we're going down, church, listen, the path we're going down is a path of destruction. I know. I've been there. Not you, pastor. You're the pastor. I wasn't born saved. Do you understand that? Nobody's born saved. We all have a past. We all messed up. We've all done stuff that we don't want anybody to know. And here's the problem. Stuff has been done to us that nobody knows. Deep down, nobody knows. You've kept it inside. God knows. How you doing? Good. Praise God. Really? How are you doing? And, and, and again, think about it, guys. That's the first thing. The second thing is he identifies, he identified himself with the publicans, guys, the tax collectors, and the sinners. That's the second reason he got baptized. The very people he came to save. Why do you get baptized? See, we're having a baptism in three weeks. Why, why aren't you baptized? Because baptism, guys, is identification. You're identifying with Christ. You've already got saved. You've already opened up your heart. But now you're going, I want to stand publicly and be identified with him. Does it save you? It's identification. It's identification. Let me explain it this way. You see my ring right here? This tells the world I'm married. It's an outward sign of what God did 33 years ago. It's an outward sign. That's what bab- I'm identifying. Okay? I'm identifying that if you come on and try to make a move on me, Natalie will beat you up. That's what this is. Huh? Huh? All right. There you go. You, you understand that. It's the same thing for her. Baby, where's your ring? Because I feel like beating up some people today. Let's go. Right? I mean... Jesus identified with us. 
He says, I know what you're going to go through. You don't get that, guys. If you got that, you would shout amen. amen. Because when you're hurting and you're broken and you can't go one more step, Jesus says, I know exactly what you're doing. I know exactly where you are. I've got you. How many times does Ben walk on his own because he doesn't do that? How many times do I walk in the flesh because I realize that God isn't with me? And I'm thinking, oh, but he's going, no, 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 I identify. I know exactly what you're doing. No, 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 God, you're up there and you're strong. You've got a big billy club and you're waiting for me to get out of line. Ow! And yet his arms are like this. His arms are like this to you. To you. And yet, church, listen to me. And yet people run from my God. As soon as they realize that they're not emotionally healthy, spiritually healthy, they run from God. I'm out. God doesn't want me. God could never use me. That's what he's saying. Guys, and then the third thing, and you need to grasp this, guys. You need, Jesus is getting baptized because he's rewriting Israel's past. He's rewriting Israel's past. He's rewriting their whole story. He's going, like, man, you messed up here in Exodus. You messed up, in, you messed up all of this, but I'm going to fix that. I'm going to fix that. Guys, think about this. Think about this. I'm so glad Tamri's here because I stole this from you, Tammy, Tamra. There are certain things that people put on Facebook or whatever. It, it, right time, you understand. And, and here's what she wrote. Think about this, guys. The woman at the well. Think about her. The woman at the well had been divorced five times. And Jesus still used her. Jesus still used her. Listen, don't let people count you out because you have a complicated past. Jesus preserves your future, and he's rewriting it as we speak. Guys, think about this. This woman, this woman was an emotional wreck. And God doesn't go, well, you know what? Maybe if you went to Ben, maybe the third divorce I could handle, but five. And then the dude you're living with, go, go. You're unrighteous. Get away from me. Unclean, unclean. That's not my God. My God said, come here. I know you're broken. I know you're hurting. I know it. Do you remember that old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones? Do you remember saying that? Sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Do you remember saying that growing up? But listen, words do hurt. Okay? Words do hurt. And that's false because if a person who tells you words discourage you and degrade you, you take it to heart. Well, how so? Well, I heard a story. I heard a story about a young boy, about eight years old, okay? And this boy, he was, do you know what an auditory learner is and a visitory learner? When you learn visually, some, you go, look, I can read the manual and go, what? Or you can show me and I'll learn easy. Some of us learn that way. Some of us can read a book and be like, oh yeah, I got it. This young boy at eight years old, guys, was a visual learner. He was a visual, show me, hands on. Well, his mom had brought home a boyfriend. The boyfriend had a lot of money and was into computers and tried to teach him auditorily. You couldn't get it. Eight years old. Turns to the mom, true story, turns to the mom and says, this boy's dumb. 
He's never going to learn anything. He's dumb. Now, this guy, this little eight-year-old, he grew up and says, I'm going to prove him wrong. Now, let me see if this resonates with any of you, okay? He goes on to say this, this person had no weight in my life. He was my mom's boyfriend. No weight in my life. But the weight of his words affected me my entire life. Wow. And I wonder about us. When somebody looked at you at a tender age of eight years old and said, you'll never make it. You'll never be anybody. You don't have it in you. And they crushed you. And that person had no weight in your life, had no bearing in your life, but those words. Now, think about this. The weight of words are affected in our lives, either good or bad. Because you might have had somebody that said, you're going to be somebody. You're going to make it. You are smart. You are intelligent. You're good. And you knew that and you grew up in that words and, 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 but there, but, but most of the time people are so broken that guys, that, that, that it's bad. Listen, in order to make me feel better, I'm going to say how bad you are. And you're not going to, and we do that. Or we've had bad days and we, listen. According to Darlene Price, author of Well Said Publications, she says this, she writes, and I quote, words are powerful. They have the ability to inspire, to motivate, to persuade, or to discourage, dismiss, and dissuade. With your words, you wield the power to plant seeds of either success or failure in the mind of another, and in the process reveal who you are, how you think, and what you believe, end quote. Think about it. When our spouses sincerely look at you and say, I'm so proud of you, what does that do to you? (sighs) Really? Yeah. When your spouse looks at you and says, you're so beautiful or you're so handsome, you don't need to get it anywhere else. Gosh, I mean, think about it. When your spouse looks at you and says, you can do it, I believe in you. This this is what he's talking about. The weight of those things that we've been told all of our lives. The weight. So when Jesus, guys, comes and gets baptized, think about what happens. Not only is it Jesus, the triune God shows up. Because when Jesus rewrites your story, it's the three in one. Okay? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay? Think about it. The Father's going to speak in verse 17. Now, again, the Holy Spirit is going to descend upon him, and here you have Jesus, the Son of God. Okay? Now, growing up, growing up, I was in a religious system where, where I thought Jesus was God's Son, biologically. You understand. It's like Jesus' son. Okay, he's the smaller God. He's not as powerful as God, but he's God. And he's on the scene because he knows. And and guys, the scripture is so deep. It's so deep. 
And it wants, I mean, it wants to heal us. It wants to heal us. And I, I sat there for a minute, and I want you to do this. I sat there for a minute, and I thought, wow, wouldn't you like to have been there at the Jordan that day? Because, because here's how, like, like, like when we baptize, we go like this, okay? But Jewish people, they go straight down and straight up. And I was just thinking, could you imagine the very water that Jesus created, because the Bible says he was involved in all creation, is running off his beard, And then you look up and you see something like the dove coming down. And I'm like, I would like to have been there. I mean, I get chills just thinking about it, guys. Wow. And I could see the joy on Jesus' face. Because it's not just baptism. But he's looking into your future and saying, I've got to, I'm going to heal them. I'm, I'm rewriting Israel's past because they messed up. And I'm rewriting your past. All your mess-ups are going to be healed. All your mess-ups. But let me bring you back to our story. This is a life lesson, okay? Everybody say life lesson. Why? Because I wonder how many people misunderstood this scene. Oh, pastor, what are you talking about? Stay with me, okay? What do you mean? Remember, everybody knew that John was baptizing unto repentance, okay? So here comes Jesus. And everybody misunderstood. Oh, well, Jesus is going to be baptized. He must, he must be a... Why is it a life lesson? Because I wonder how many times we misunderstand who God is and then we put him in a category of non-powerful. Well, God can't work in my life because he's, you see, no, he, we, we, he, they misunderstood. And Jesus knew that. And I question that, that keeps coming up. I'm going, guys, how many times do you misunderstand who God is? And that, and that renders us ineffective for his kingdom. I wonder why God would do this. I wonder why God would allow me. I wonder why God would allow this. I got to be honest with you. I don't like myself very much when I do that. I keep asking why, why, why this happened, why that happened. And it makes me doubt and it confuses me. And he lovingly says, I just want you to trust in my sovereignty. Trust me, Ben, trust me. But Lord, life is not going my way. Life is not all rainbows and butterflies. No, it's not. It's not. I wonder if the people here, guys, the people, if they misunderstood and they took it at face value. You see, if they would have, they would have had a hard time believing he was the Messiah. Hey, Hosh, you need to accept Jesus. No, I just saw him get baptized. Are you kidding me? He must be a sinner just like me. No, he was identifying just like you so that he could save you. You see, he who knew no sin, come on, somebody. He who knew no sin took my sin so that I could become righteous. Right? That's, that's what he did. That's what he did. And that's why Jesus looked at John and said, let it be for now. 
so that all things are in God's will. And so John said, okay, Jesus, let's do this. Let's do this. Now, it goes on in verse 17. Here's what he says. Now, here's where we're going to camp out for the rest of our study. Look at verse 17. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. God the Father. Hey, those of you watching, God the Father. Can you imagine everybody around there? Was that you, Nick? No, Nick doesn't sound like that. How about Robert? No. No. It was God. And I wonder if he spoke in thunder. I wonder if it was just, but he says this, and it's not the way he said it, but what he said. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. In whom I'm well pleased. In whom I'm well pleased. Here's where it gets good. Here's where it gets good. You see, Jesus will, moving forward, continue to rewrite Israel's past. Even today. Like like next week, guys, Jesus goes and defeats Satan in the wilderness. Let, let me give you a preview of next week. Do you realize that Israel messed up in the wilderness? Okay? So, so check it out. Listen, real preview. Can I give you a preview? Do you mind? Here's a preview. You ready? So Israel was supposed to have the 12 spies. And all they were supposed to do is look for the route. This is how we could go in. God's already got this. But you know what? They came back and said, we're they're giants. And we're small. We can't do this. What does God say? Because of your unbelief, you guys are going to wander for 40 years. Wander. Okay? You're like, okay, Wilderness. You with me? I bet they failed during those 40 years, right? They failed big time. They didn't honor God. They sinned. They worshiped idols. All the same things we do. But, but, but here's where it gets good. Can I ask you a question? Did, did Joe, Moses lead him into the promised land or was it who? And, and what is, what is really Joshua's name? It's Yahshua, which is actually translated. Same thing. He's been telling this. He's been sharing. He's been trying to get our attention for years. Come on, somebody. He's not going to let you go. You're here today for a reason. You're watching online for a reason. God's not going to let you go. He's not going to let you go. See, Jesus came out of Egypt. Israel came through the Red Sea, the symbol of baptism. What is the symbol of baptism? No going back. No going back. So what happens? Well, with the rest of our time, guys, I want to focus on you. You go, what do you mean? I want to focus on how Jesus rewrites your story. Okay? Why? Because the very first thing you need to know, the very first thing you need to know is God is well pleased with you. No, he's not. No, he's not. No, God is pleased with you. I never will forget the first time I went to Israel with Pastor Bill. We were baptizing in the Jordan River, him and I, and he was taking the lead, and I'm sitting there and I'm helping but he would say, God is pleased with you. My mind was going, Arr? 
how does that? And then I dawned on me, if these people are in Christ and God is pleased with Christ, he's pleased with you. You see that? Listen, I can tell you right now, the majority of you here are not pleased with yourself. You feel like you struggle. You feel like you mess up. You feel like you fall short. But God looks at you and says, he's well pleased with you. If you are in Christ, if you've given your life, if you are a fully devoted follower of Christ, he says you. Now you go, well, Ben, help me. Help me, somebody. Ben, I still mess up more than I want to. If I could wring my own neck, I would. God's still pleased with you. God's still pleased with you. But Ben, you don't understand. I have not given God a single thought in 20 years. God's still pleased with you. If you've given your life to him. Why? Because he's pleased with his son. And his son lives in me. That's how I'm saved, Nick. That's how I'm saved. He doesn't look at Ben. He doesn't look at all my failures and my mess ups right now. He looks at Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. The new has come. That's, that's, take that to the bank. So let me ask you a question. How you doing? Uh, what's your story? Like, like what's your story? See, we're going to focus on you for just a minute. Because I want you to listen carefully. Okay? This is important. When I say Jesus can rewrite your past, listen to me. I don't mean the circumstances that actually happen can be altered. You got to grasp that. Okay? Because the reality is certain things happen to you. Certain things happen to you. You can't change that. You go, Ben, those are my circumstances. But what Jesus does is he gives new meaning to those things that we went through. Instead of being a victim, I can be victorious. Okay? So he's not coming in and going, okay, well, you know what? That very horrible thing that happened to you, uh, just erase it. Just don't think about it. We can't do that. But what he can do is he can change. Guys, through Christ, he can change what he's going to give it new meaning. Meaning with purpose. You see, listen to me. Your life has purpose. Your life has meaning. And what your enemy has done all your life has told you you have no meaning, you have no purpose. You're worthless. That's not what God says. It's in his word. Yes, those things happened. And I hate it for you. But now my Jesus comes and he changes the meaning because of who he is. Listen, he's God in the flesh and he's rewritten Israel's past and he does the same for you does the same for you. Now, if you don't mind, let me share just a, a little bit of our dilemma, okay? Let me just share what happens. One of the reasons that we're not healed the way God wants us to be healed, you ready? 
is because we often try to fulfill that void with accomplishments. You guys are looking at me like you don't believe me. We, we, we often tell ourselves, if I could just do this, if I can just accomplish there, if I could just be this, that it would fulfill everything, that it would change. If I could just have this house, if I could just have this car, if I could just have this job, if I could just have, if I could, how many of us would say, if I could just go in the past, if I could go back 20 years, five years, it, but listen, listen, guys, I mean, only Jesus can change it. Now, let me give you some examples, okay? Let me give you some examples so you get the idea of what I'm talking about. Marriage. You go, what? What about marriage? The problem is, guys, there's a lot of people who get married hoping their spouse will complete them. Okay? (laughs) Nick left. (laughs) You know what the problem with that is? Is that people make horrible gods. They, your marriage falls apart because you don't go, oh, well, you're just good. You know, it's so, it's so sentimental, isn't it? Oh, you just complete me. No, they don't. They don't. That's never what God said. God said that he's going to bring you a spouse to be a help mate, to grow together. But, 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 but we go, okay, well, if I could just marry that, oh, if I could just, I'll, I'll be fulfilled. See, people, like, listen, listen, people are not designed to fill the void in our lives. Okay? Only Jesus can do that. But if we're honest, we try and try and try and we, and we try to fill it. And, and you go, maybe it's, not a, maybe it's not a marriage relationship. Maybe it's a other type of relationship. Oh, if I just had kids, if we just had kids, I'd be fulfilled. And that doesn't fulfill us. Guys, it doesn't. Kids are amazing and they're wonderful to have, but they don't fulfill us. You go, well, what else? If it's not marriage, Ben, let's get off the marriage thing. You know what I found? Food. Food and other things. You go, what do you mean? So many people will try to fulfill a void in their life with food or drugs or alcohol. Guys, the enemy has lied to you and told you these things will make it so much better. And the reality is, it's a vicious circle. Because you don't get healed, and you just keep going through that same circle. So many people, I I ministered, I was praying they were here today, but I ministered to a couple last week, guys, that that was the main thing. He says, I drink to, to heal the pain. The, the pain is so, is so real that I, I just don't want to feel it at times. And I don't have any peace. It sat right over there. I don't have any peace. So Jesus is the only way that's going to heal that. I think another item is is pornography. We try to fill a void with pornography, with looking and lusting. Oh, I just, listen, listen, if I could just, it's okay. It's, I just, mm -hmm. 
There's a lot of, and the point is, guys, it's not one specific thing. It's, guys, it's like, it's like, look, we're trying to fill it with accomplishments. We're trying to get our degrees. We're trying to get our, our letters after our name. And if I could only do this, or maybe I don't even want to go that route. I'm going to fill it with alcohol, or I'm going to fill it with drugs, or I'm going to fill it with food, or I'm going to fill it with other things. That, no, no, no. What I'm trying to get to you guys is this. If you are in Christ, and Christ is in us, the Father looks at you and says, I am pleased with you. He's already rewritten your story. And you have not gone that way. He's rewritten it, guys. The father looks at his son and said, This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. This is my beloved daughter in whom I'm well pleased. I love it. Guys, our marriages, our accomplishments... Our degrees, our drugs, our relationships, our BFFs, they're not going to rewrite our inadequacies. They're not going to. They will not heal the pain and hurts of our lives. Listen, the only one that can rewrite and recapitulate our broken, sad stories is the great Savior we just sang about. That's what it's about. Okay? Let's go one deeper. The question is, how do you let Jesus do what maybe a mom and a dad who out of selfish and other brokenness that you know nothing about? When they divorced and you've been left with a wound or a hurt or a hole, and say that I wasn't good enough for them to stay together. How do you let Jesus do that? You've got to realize that there are things that you know nothing about. And Jesus comes in your life and he says, you are good enough. You're good enough for me to come and you're good enough for me to save. You're good enough for me to heal. Because I sat ministering to people who said, my dad blamed me for my divorce, for their divorce. And all my life, the weight of those words have made me feel like I'm not worthy. And Jesus says, you are. You are. Could you imagine... Just for a second, could you imagine if my dad said, I was the reason his wife died? Where I would be. And that's not true, is it? Life and death is in the hands of God. But what would that have done? And Jesus says, no, 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 no. Let me go one deeper. How do you let Jesus do when a mom and a sister get cancer and die leaving you alone with a wound of abandonment and yet my Jesus comes to me at 17 and says, man, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. How do you do? Guys, how you doing? How are you doing? 
Because right now, the Holy Spirit of God is moving in your heart. And as we close, think about it like this. Just as Yahshua, Jesus, came to Israel to rewrite their past, he wants to do the same thing for you. But see, don't make the same mistake Israel did. You go, what do you mean? They never appropriated the offer. They never, they never appropriated it. So you see, God gives you free will to accept the healing and to rewrite your past. But you have to act now. You go, what do I have to do? Guys, we have to open up our heart and let the Holy Spirit come in. And we have to understand, first and foremost, he's well pleased with you. If you are in Christ, he's well pleased, okay? So you need to, I, God is well pleased with me because of Jesus. The second thing is, is you have to go, listen, I have some junk in me nobody knows about. There may have been abuse. There may have been some stuff in us. God knows. Give that to the Lord. Say, Lord, nobody knows about this, but you do. And I open up my heart and I need this healing. We have to allow the Lord to do that. If we don't, guys, we're, you're still saved, but you're not healed. God wants to heal us. He came to rewrite our story. So what's your story? At 17, I gave my life to the Lord. And guess what? I was perfect ever since. Ah, wrong. Wrong. But I didn't go down the path of destruction. So how are you doing? Was 17, 27, 37, it doesn't matter when you surrendered your life to God. You might even be here today and go, I've never surrendered my life to God. I don't even believe in him. I'm mad at him. And you know what he says? He stands with his arms wide open going, I love you. And I'm going to make a plan for you. And you think you're here by, by you? No, I brought you here. I followed you all the way to church. I'm knocking on your heart because today's the day you get saved. Today's the day you get healed. Today's the day you open up your heart and you let that wound become a scar. Because the difference between a wound is that hurts and a scar knows that you've been healed. Come on, somebody. Come on, it's time that your emotions are healed. My Jesus did that. And I include myself in that as well. I was vulnerable and insecure. I shared my testimony with you. You may never come back. You know, that pastor's a mess up. I know. I know. And aren't you glad? Aren't you glad your pastor's messed up? Yeah, he's over here. Yeah. <laughs> Nick's like, Nick, shh. You're talking to them. Let me let you in a second. Jesus loves mess-ups. He has to. He loves me. And he loves you. Can I pray for you? Father, we thank you for your word today and the truth in your word. We thank you, God, that... Uh, Wow. Lord, I knew you put this on my heart. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. And Lord, I love teaching the Bible, but every now and then, God, you've got to get to us. And so right now, I'm praying, Lord, for healing. And before we sing this next worship song, God, I'm praying that you would move mightily like never before. And here's what I would pray. I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus.
I want to give you an opportunity to get right with God. I want to give you an opportunity to trade in your sorrow and your sin and your guilt and your shame and your brokenness and your hurt and let God come and heal you. And you say, how, pastor, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? Well, I'm asking you right now to do something really brave and just open up your heart and say, pastor, pray for me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I'm tired. I am so tired of fighting this fight. I want him to come in and do what you said he could do. But I need to stand and I need to take that that step. In just a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. Okay, just a moment. Hang with me. But I also want to give you an opportunity for God to see your beautiful heart to those of us that need healing, that, that, need some, that need the Lord to rewrite that story so that we can come out of here. And so I'm talking to the church. I'm talking to you online. And so let's do this. With every eye closed and every head bowed, is there anyone here, honestly, that would say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I, I'm not sure I'm right with God, but I want to surrender my life today. Here's what you do, and you're giving your life and your heart to Jesus today. It, some people call it a recommitment. Other people call it a first time. But that's you. And what I want you to do, nobody's going to seek, but I want God to see. I just need you to lift up your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm ready to surrender my life to God. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? Who else is just saying, yes, I just surrender. I'm complete. Lift up your hand high enough so I can see. Nobody else is watching. I got you. I see you here. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? Totally surrendering. This is you. This is you. This is you. God's going to minister. He's going to heal you. He's going to heal you. Listen, you can put your hands down. God bless you. Here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. Um, I'm going to ask you to do something very public because Jesus said, if you'll... Um, if you'll confess me before man, I'll confess you before my father. So this is a very public thing. This is a very public thing. And you're saying to God, I, I, want, I want people to know I'm done. I'm going to follow you. So if you lifted up your hand, and, 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 and again, a recommitment, whatever it might be, um, I'm just going to ask you to stand right where you are, and we're just going to rejoice with you. If you, lift, if you want to be saved, just stand right where you are. Right where you are. Amen. 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 Yes. Come on, church. Come on, church. Amen. 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 Anyone else? Stay standing. Stay standing. I just, I'm going to pray for you. Stay standing. Anyone else? God is speaking to you. Listen, he's the one knocking on your heart. You're surrendering your life to him today. Anyone else? Anyone else? Okay, those of you standing, would you pray this prayer with me out loud? Would you, and, and, and again, mean it from all of your heart. You know this prayer a thousand times. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. Please forgive me. I can't do this without you. I need you to come into my heart and forgive me. Lord, I'm a mess. But you tell me that you died for me, and I believe it. And I'm asking you right now, in front of everybody, be my Lord, be my God, be my Savior, and be my friend. I choose this day to follow you, Jesus.
for forever I'm yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Give him a hand, y'all. Amen. Hey, if you gave your life to the Lord or rededicated, please see me. I have a Bible I want to give you. We want to give you a Bible study guide to help you and, and get on your way. And we want to just pray with you and, and pray for you. But one last thing. Listen, um, we're going to go to prayer for just a second because I know that, that this message was not only to bring in those who may be far from the kingdom, but so that God could heal our hearts. So we're going to pray again, and I'm going to ask you, if God has been speaking to you so we can pray. So I can just pray for your healing. So I can just pray for your healing. Um, let's do that. Father, again, we thank you. May your Holy Spirit reign, rule, and reign. We look forward to the day. God, you're well pleased in your people. But some of us have a wound, God, that nobody knows about. And we've been struggling with abandonment. We've been struggling with whatever it might be. And you know. And so, Lord, today's message, you've opened up our hearts. And so, with every eye closed, I just want to pray. I'm going to acknowledge and pray for you. If, if, if God is speaking to you and you just, need, you just need prayer, will you just lift up your hand as I go through? Yes, God bless you. God bless you. I see you. God bless you in the back. God bless you. Yes, I see you. God bless you, buddy. Anyone else saying, man, this is a wound. I just got a wound. I just need, I just need prayer. God bless you. I see you back there, man. Yes, anyone else? Yes, over here. Amen. Father, I pray for these hands. Lord, you, you're going to move. It's not me. It's not me, Lord. It's your Holy Spirit, God. Come in and heal these wounds, God. We've allowed the world to get to us, and we want to follow you. So today, if we lifted up our hands, we choose to follow you. Please heal that, that wound, God. Um, it's, been, it's been ruling and reigning, and, and I need you to rewrite that story. I don't want to follow the ways of the world anymore. I'm going to follow you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's worship. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.